and he loves you. And he loves you. Greater love hath no man than this, than a man would lay down his life for a friend. Good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep, and he loves you. Many of us in this room today, many of us, myself included, come from a place where the idea of love was twisted or distorted as early as our childhood. And so we never got a picture of what love truly is or was. And so when the Spirit of the Lord begins to reach to us and minister to us, we're not sure how to respond. And we struggle to receive the love of God. We struggle for many reasons. We struggle because I don't deserve, that. this is the lie of the adversary, I don't deserve the love of God. I'm supposed to earn love. Love isn't freely given. Well, that's deception. Love is not earned. True love is not earned. Somebody needs to hear that again. True love is not earned. True love is freely given. True love does not come from one's performance. I have three children. Before they were born, I loved them. When they were born, I loved them. I know you'll find this hard to believe, but along the journey of 21 plus years to 26 years, they've done some stupid stuff. Probably my fault. I raised them. Guess what? I still loved them. Guess what? It didn't change my love for them. Matter of fact, when they did stupid stuff, I loved them so much, you know what I'd do? I'd draw them close. I'd correct them in love. I'd correct them. And then I'd pull them close and make sure they knew this correction isn't to hurt you. This correction is because I love you. And I only want what's best for you. And so because I want what's best for you, I have to correct you. But don't you ever doubt, I love you. See, that's the correction of a father. Your father. And so... We have to learn to receive the love of God. Would you, one more time, would you, would you open your heart and your mouth and would you be willing, if you could, would you express, God, I, would you help me? I want to receive the love you have for me. I'll receive the love you have for me. I'll receive it. It doesn't come with condemnation. Oh, it may come with correction, but it doesn't come with condemnation. That's the difference. His love may come with correction, but then it comes with compassion. 
I'll receive it, Lord. I'll not reject it. I'll not push you away because I understand your love toward me is perfect. I'll receive your love for me. I'll receive it today. You are feeling and experiencing the love of God. Some of you don't know how to respond because of the reasons we talked about. His love is perfect towards you. It's perfect towards you. Jesus name we must move in our relationship with God beyond this idea that we earn what he gives to us freely now he gives it freely so then my life begins to change because I want to please him right so I begin walking in agreement with his word I receive his correction not out of fear. I receive his correction because I want to please him. I have this relationship. He's poured his love on me. He's forgiven me. He's healed me. And so now I want to please him. Not earn something from him. I want to please him. So I begin going, Lord, what pleases you? And I begin looking in his word. His word begins revealing to me what pleases him. His word begins correcting me. And I seek to please. And I understand it's the correction of a loving father. Not the correction of a rules and regulations dictator. That's the difference. I walk in holiness not because I'm trying to follow every rule and guideline. It's because I realize there's something that happens when I separate myself unto him and seek to please him. Is it any wonder the scripture says the love of God is shed abroad, shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost? Praise God. Would you thank him one more time? I'm going to dismiss teachers as you worship the Lord. Thank you, Father. We worship you, Lord. We thank you for your love. We receive of your love. We receive of you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, we receive of you. Thank you, Father. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. We're honored. What a privilege it is that we have to gather together. I'm going to dismiss children. 4 to 11 to their classes. May God minister to them and bless them. Thank you, Lord. It's wonderful to have and see everyone in the house of the Lord today. You can be seated if you would like to. Amen. Amen. We have communicated a couple of times uh, via WhatsApp. I just want to make sure one more time that we communicate. We will be gathering back together this evening at 630 here for a time of prayer. And we'll see where the Holy Ghost takes us in prayer. But we will follow that with a time of communion, remembering the Lord's body and the Lord's blood. Uh, 
so that will begin 6.30 prayer. When you, uh, If you choose to return this evening, just come and find a place of prayer at 6.30. We won't have some formal start. Just begin to entertain the Spirit of the Lord in a place of prayer, and then we'll transition as He would lead. Amen? Praise God. Praise God. I believe that throughout this morning, the Lord has been preparing us for what He would speak to us. All right? I believe He's been preparing us for what He would speak to us. And so, would you open your spirit, if you haven't already, and I think most of you have. Would you open your spirit and say, Lord, write on the fleshly tables of my heart. Reach in, God, by your word and by your spirit and begin to write. I believe if we'll do so, I, there is a spirit of God that is here to impart this morning. There is such clear spiritual impartation in this house. And so if we've opened our spirit, I believe he will impart and put some things in today. Amen. I'm asking Brother Johnstone to come, and I love and appreciate this man. His heart for the kingdom, his heart for people, and his ministry. Amen. Brother Johnstone, come. God bless you. Can we worship the Lord one more time? Just tell him how much you love him. What a spirit of God's love that is here to embrace you, to hold you this morning. Let him draw you close this morning. He really wants to do something special today. He does things special every day, but I really believe that he's going to do something extra special for some today. Lord, we love you this morning and thank you for your great mercies and love that you have showed to us, Lord. Help us learn how to receive this, Lord God. Help us learn how to accept this in the name of Jesus. For, Lord, we need your help, Lord. There are things we cannot do in ourselves, but we pray for your help, Lord God, in the name of Jesus, that you would be glorified in all that is said and done, Lord God. And we thank you today. Thank you, Father. What an amazing month. I'm, I just got a couple questions I want to ask. Is there anybody in here this month, this month, somebody got a hold of you from your past? Text, email, phone call. Okay. I've been overwhelmed with it. That's the only reason I'm asking you. Numbers of backsliders out of the past contacting us. It is amazing to me. We have worked, one individual in particular is a chronic alcoholic, 52 years old. And why this is amazing to me, you know, the scripture said in Psalms, God would send his word and heal them and deliver them of their destruction. Do you realize that God went through a cell phone and delivered a woman who for 52 years has been an alcoholic this month? I'm talking about the power of God because of the prayer and the fasting. And we're just waiting on God. I, I, the first text that came and phone calls and stuff, it was like just coincidence. Just interesting. 
But when one after another after another starts rolling in, preacher's kids, hey, just want to reach out to you. Backslidden, falling away from God. I believe that there's going to be a work of restoration in this last day like we have never saw before. And that if we'll open up our hearts and become that vessel in which God can flow through. We've been praying for them. We've been asking God to move in their lives. And God's going to choose some of you for that to happen. Turn with me to the book of Luke chapter 1. I want to start reading in verse 26. And uh, I really feel... That God wants to do something. I have never preached this before. I've never seen this before. But I feel the Lord really brought revelation and understanding of how he works and what he wants to do. And how he works through us. Uh, and the doubt that comes to us sometimes, well, how could that be? Or how could he work in my life or how could that ever get accomplished? He gave me a pattern to work through that, I believe, within this if we would begin to look at it. Aren't you glad that Scripture has the answer? What we are frustrated in life by, what we bang our heads against the wall with, if we'd step back and wait on God and say, God, talk to me out of your word. Talk to me in prayer. Lord, give me the direction I need. You know, our humanity is we got to go till we're just completely wore out. Well, we've tried it every way on our own. And then we say, okay, God's your turn. Help me get through this. I was working with a situation this week and sitting down with a family that a lot of tragedy had come into their life. And uh, they were telling me how they hadn't been attending church. And how they had to get all this stuff done. And I said, you got to get that turned back around. He's got to be the first. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all else, the peace will come. The joy will come. The direction will come. The guidance will come. But Now, it's our humanity. i got to take care of this. But thank God for prayer and fasting and crucifying this flesh that I can step back. I can say, okay, God, help me out here. I've gotten the way, but help me get out of the way. Let's begin reading. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God unto a city of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin espoused to a man engaged whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And the angel came in unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly favored. The Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women. And when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and cast in her mind or thought, what matter of salutation this should be? This word salutation just means what type of a greeting is this or to greet or to address me. What, what's going on? Okay. Now, this was a crazy moment if I could use this terminology. You're just about doing your housework and you're about 13, 14 years old and all of a sudden this dude shows up in your house. I mean, just through the wall. Gabriel shows up. I got a feeling it scared most of us. 
Whoa, how'd you get here? Who, who are you? I mean, I kind of think the apostles went through the same thing when Jesus came through the wall. Hey, guys, how you doing? Ah! <laughs> Jesus doesn't do anything simply, folks. <laughs> he knows how to get our attention, doesn't he? And here's a young lady, and he's going to get her attention. Whether you're young or old today, God's got a plan for your life. And wherever you're at in life, when when. We look at her life, which we will in a minute. We, we've got to understand God didn't go to the powerful and the influential to get the work done. He always went to what we would call or consider maybe somewhat insignificant. Can you imagine? You know, most of us would like to think Mary's about 21, 22. <laughs> Just a teenage girl, young, young teenage girl. But this is the key. She had a love for God. She had a desire for the things of God. When you love God, age doesn't make any difference, folks. That's eliminated from the equation. It's just based on, do you love me? Do you love me? If you love me, I'm going to work through you. If you love me, there's ministry for you. If you love me, I can take you places you never dreamed. We could go in the Holy Ghost and the ministering of people because how awesome God is. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God. And behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb, and bring forth a son, and thou shalt call his name Jesus. And he shall be great, and he shall be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord shall give unto him the throne of his father David. And he shall reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom there shall be no end. Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be? How could this happen? This is what I feel in the Holy Ghost. That's the question you're asking God as He's trying to take you into ministry trying to help you with unforgiveness, trying to help you with a healing or a miracle in your life. And you are wrestling with God in your spirit right now. How could that be? Do you know what they did to me? Do you know how they treated me? I'm not that smart. I could never take on that minute. No, 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 no. I'm going to give you a pattern here in a minute of how this shall be. But that he's showing us humanity, I believe, in that. How could that be? How could I be a preacher? How could I teach Bible studies? How, how could, Lord, I've never done that before. He knows all that. He knew she, Mary never had kids before. He knew she wasn't married. I mean, that's kind of a legitimate question there, I think. Lord, I, how's this going to be? I'm engaged, but that's it. How shall that be? Some of you, God is reaching for you to save you. And the question in your mind is, how shall that be? How do I give up this life I, I think is fun or, or what I'm doing? How shall that be? We'll work on this, okay? But this is the thought I want to be in your mind for a few moments. How shall this be, seeing I know no man? 
And the angel answered and said unto her, The Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore, the holy thing which shall be of thee shall be called the Son of God. And behold, thy cousin Elizabeth, she hath also conceived in conceived a son in her old age, and this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. Now catch this next verse. We're going to go back here. I'm just reading a text here, but I want you to catch some things when you're questioning in your mind, how shall this be? For with God, nothing shall be impossible. Not about you. What's about you is obeying what God is asking you to do. It's an obedience in your spirit that says, yes, Lord, if you're asking me to do this, you've got the confidence in me. You, you created me and, and everything that I am and I say that I do is of you. So you already know me better than I know me. So if you said I can do it, I can do it. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord, be it according to thy word. Be it according to thy word. And the angel departed. Let's, let's back up to verse 28. I want to start showing you a pattern within what we've read here to where you could receive what the Lord has for us. Now, this is not just a Christmas story. I know this gets read for Christmas. But I believe it's applicable to anything in my life. If the Lord is dealing with me, he showed up. He may not have sent an angel to my house uh, and, and a great salutation like that. But God's speaking to somebody's heart today. And, and let me encourage you about something. He's been talking to you for a long time. It's saying just because you showed up this morning. And maybe God has spoke to you about something this morning. But I'm talking about something that's been going on in your spirit for a while. And you're, you're fighting against it. And you're saying, how could that be? How could I just walk away from that? How could could I just accept what you have for me? Or how could this change? It's easy. With God, nothing's impossible. He can take people who you never believed would be saved and save them. Verse 28, in the middle of it. The Lord is with thee. First thing you've got to see, I believe in this pattern that's being laid out here. It, it said, and the angel came unto her and said, Hail, thou art highly, highly favored. The Lord is with thee. The thing you have to understand right now, God's with you. Come on. In Hebrews 13, 5, I said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So the first thing you've got to get settled in your mind, God's dealing with you. God's working in your life. God's trying to do something in your life that, that is bigger than you. God's trying to take you someplace you've never been before in the things of God. He was taking Mary where she'd never been before. He was going to do something amazing in her life. He's wanting to do something amazing in your life. And so the Lord is with you. You're not going to do this on your own. This isn't about talent. This ain't about ability. This ain't about looks. This ain't about your last name. It's about the Lord is with you. Why? I'm going to use you. I got a plan for your life. I've just made so many mistakes in life. Well, join the crowd. I don't want to make more mistakes, but I'm sure I will. 
Mistakes are what I learn from. I don't condemn myself over the mistakes I've made in my life. I try to learn from them. Okay, we're not doing that again. Mm-mm. I ain't saying that again. That went over bad. That didn't go over. So I keep my mouth shut. You know, I'm gonna see because I could beat myself up. I don't believe in I'm stupid, I'm worthless, I'm no good. All I can do is make one mistake after the other. I'll never amount to anything. That's a lie from the pit of hell. You are important to God. You count in the kingdom work. And it's the enemy because of my humanity where I have made mistakes that I buy into that. I can't speak for Elder Hart. But in all my years of pastoring, I've made some mistakes. He didn't come to me and say, this is enough. I mean, I have had enough of you. (laughs) Jerk me up. See, but that's what we're looking for. We're thinking because I've made a mistake. I haven't handled things right. Maybe I've been in church and failed and and went back out and back and forth. Hey, I'm here to tell you, just get in and stay in. I've worked with men that took 10 years before we got them settled and grounded. One of my guys went to prison four times and jail eight times in the 10 years that I worked with him before he got his head on straight. Don't tell me there ain't a God of grace and mercy. God could have took his life at any time. He could have said it was over. But you know why he didn't? He said, I got a plan. I got a purpose for your life. And you're making some mistakes. And, and you're beating your head against the wall. And, but I'm not giving up on you. And you can't do enough that I'll turn my back on you. As I'm reaching for you. I got a plan for your life. And I'm not giving up on you. So the first thing, the Lord is with you. I'm glad he's with me. Amen. Amen. Verse 30. And the angel of the Lord said unto her, fear not. Some of you, the reason you're not obeying God or allowing this to work in your life is the fear of the outcome. The fear of how it would happen. Fear of what somebody may think. I don't want to break your bubble this morning, but you're never going to make everybody happy. When I was in the world, they called me cowboy because of my rodeo background. I got in church and they quit calling me cowboy. They called me holy roller, Jesus freak, soul patrol. (laughs) You're never, somebody's always going to have a name for you. So don't be afraid of what somebody's going to call you. Don't be afraid of what somebody's going to think because you're committing your life to your king and to your savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. You've got to understand people are going to talk, but I'm not going to listen to the negativity of what people say. I've had people tell me, you're crazy, you're nuts. I don't know why you do what you do and on and on. I don't listen to them. Come on, iron sharpens iron, so a man sharpens a countenance. I hang around people with faith. I hang around people that believe nothing shall be impossible unto him that but believeth. Because that's what I want in my spirit. Not negativity of woe is me. This will never happen. I want to just say quickly in Matthew 25 in the parable of the talents. 
we have the three groups of people, the one with five talents, the one with two talents, and the one with one talent. Notice that when God called these first two groups of men with five and two, they took what God said and they ran with it. And they doubled the talents and the blessings of the Lord. But what I want to show you is that third one. He didn't do anything. And when the Lord come and ask you, hey, what's up? How you doing? How many souls you want? How many Bible studies you're teaching? Notice what he said. I was afraid. So I took that which talent, that talent that you gave me, and I buried it in the ground. Jesus said, fear not. Mary, I know this is spooky. Mary is a little wild, just to say the least. And you'll say, but that's Mary. What if God's calling you to preach and you're fighting it? God, I can't do that. No, no, I'd never be able to do that. It's just fear. Just the fear that holds you back. Maybe teaching a Bible study. Maybe ministering to a family. Whatever the Lord is dealing with you, you've got to realize fear is going to come. The devil's going to try to bring fear into your life that you can't do it. And that's why the angel of the Lord, Gabriel, said unto her, fear not. I don't want you to fear what's going to happen. Now, notice what fear does. Fear paralyzes you. So the man with the one talent hit it in the ground. It paralyzed him. He didn't do anything. You, you, could we just pray against fear right now? Let's just bind that spirit of fear that, that you could open your heart, heart to the Holy Ghost and let the Spirit of God begin to move. Father, I come to you right now in the name of Jesus. Lord, we take power and dominion and authority over the spirit of fear right now, God. Fear of accepting that call. Fear of yielding to what the will of God is for my life. Fear, Lord, of the ministry you're calling me into, Lord God. I bind that spirit of fear. I cast it out in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus, you've given a spiritual authority, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Now, I want you to understand every one of us has dealt with fear in this room. Every one of us in different ministries and places in our walk with God. It's just things we have to overcome and we have to deal with, okay? But thank God for the Holy Ghost and the authority of his word that if you'll take it in prayer, God, I bind this spirit of fear. I'm not going to fear, amen? That God would, would begin to help us. Okay, so let's jump to verse 34. How shall this be? Why that becomes so important in that question. When God is asking you to do something, it's always by faith and obedience. You will not see the final product. When God calls us to pastor, preach. We, we don't see a full congregation. We don't see thousands of people. All we do is accept that calling, accept that ministry, whatever it may be. And then that first Bible study opens up. And then we begin to teach. And then God strengthens us to take another step. You've got to understand it's one thing at a time with God, one step at a time with God. He's not going to show. You don't want him to show you everything. Could get a little overwhelming, couldn't it? You're going to do what? I'm going to go through what? 
But if you realize, I'm going to do what the Lord asked of me today. I've got some direction in prayer this morning. And God said he's going to put somebody in my path. I'm, I'm going to reach out to them. I'm going to yield to them. So, again, it's, it's learning how to work with this. Now, we can't look at past failures, past mistakes, past things. 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You cannot live in your past and get to today. If you are battling unforgiveness this morning, please understand you are chained to the past. You don't even live in today. You may be here in this building today, but in your mind and in your emotions and in your spirit, you're still, I can't believe they treated me that way. I can't believe that happened to me. I can't believe, and, and, and we're still living in the past. You ever been around somebody that maybe went through a divorce and 10 years later, every time you get around them, all they want to talk about is that? See, they can't let go. They can't realize things happen in life. Life's not fair. Things, life throws us curveballs. Things happen at us in life. But with the grace of God, I can overcome. With the grace of God, I can move forward with my life. And so I've got to learn how to forgive. I've got to learn how to let go. I'm going to say this really slow. There is no forgiveness in blame. There is no forgiveness in blame. Could we stop blaming somebody? Come on, I grew up in a broken home and the craziness of it and violence and all of that. I believe life's what you make out of it. I refuse to live in my past. I refuse to behave how my mother worked and, 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 and in my dad and his abusive relationship to us. I, I don't have one good memory in my childhood of my father. I only know beatings. But I don't live that anymore. That's all been washed away in the waters of baptism. Come on, if you're here today and you haven't been baptized in the name of Jesus, come on, you need God to wash that away. You'll never forget it. But when you go down in the waters of baptism, God will erase the pain of the past, and you're going to come up in newness of life. Come on, God's got a plan. How can this be? Go down in the waters of baptism. You come up in newness of life. Come on, the shame is gone. The guilt is gone. All of that is gone. Then he fills me with the wonderful gift of the Holy Ghost. So faith and obedience. Hebrews 11.1, 1, now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. I seen something here a few months ago, and, and it just, I can't get it out of, my thought process out of my spirit, dealing with my understanding of Hebrews 11, 1. The invisible becoming visible. Because I'm praying for something I can't see. I'm praying for something I want God to change. But if I keep praying, the invisible becomes visible. That unsaved loved one is sitting beside you. Come on. The invisible, when they're not there, come on, becomes visible. I, I remember... We reached a lady in our, where we came from in Oregon, and, and uh, the family was deep into Catholicism in Rome. They would go back to Rome and everything, but one of the daughters just couldn't buy into a lot of that. And so we began to work with her and, and teach her Bible study 
And uh, when we did, she saw the revelation. She was baptized in Jesus' name. God filled her with the Holy Ghost. She became our church secretary. Took hold. Her husband took 14 years to win. And they're still in church together today. The invisible becomes the visible. But you can't stop praying. And you can't give up on God. You can't let fear come in that they'll never come in. No, they're coming. Do you realize that God was dealing with them for 14 years? That man, God, God, you say, God, you're not answering prayer. Why do you think they're getting so hungry to live with? Because God's dealing with them. God's moving on them, and they're fighting against God. They're not fighting you. They're fighting him. Because when you pray, God answers prayer. God begins to move on those you're praying for. And just sometimes, and, and they don't know how to respond to it. And so don't get discouraged when you say, man, Lord, I've been praying, and it's worse now than it was. Yeah. He or she can't hold out too much longer. Keep praying. He's on our side. When Mary asked the question, how shall this be? And he said, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee. See, it's not you. You got to understand, whatever God is asking you to do, God's going to do it through the Holy Ghost. If you haven't received the baptism of the Holy Ghost today, I would encourage you to receive it this morning. To yield yourself to God. Begin to worship and praise Him. And let Him fill you with the Holy Ghost. Because everything that He's going to do in your life, He's going to do through the Holy Ghost. His Spirit flowing through you. If you are here this morning, and it's been a long time since you prayed back through. There are just struggles in your life, and, and you've just not really connected to God. If you want to get it turned around this morning, just pray back through through. Get a fresh anointing of his love and of his grace and of his mercy. You will leave here different this morning. How shall this be? The Holy Ghost is going to come upon me. The Spirit of God. And, and you know what I love? I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say. Oh God, what do I say, Lord? You're, you're going to send me to this guy's house and, and I don't know what to say. You're not supposed to worry about that. The Holy Ghost will speak to you in that hour and you'll give them what the Lord gives you and you'll speak to them. See how much pressure we put on ourselves? What am I going to say? Oh God, will they receive it? Will they swing at me? Will they? <laughs> you know how the devil works all that fear stuff? I've had, I've knocked doors where people sick their dogs on me. First dog bit me. I got a little boldness in the Holy Ghost. Because in my flesh, I was going to drop kick that second one. Now, you say that's mean, but you got to just be involved in some of this. I started rebuking spirits. And them dogs turned around me all the way back that driveway. Yeah. I'm not going home yet, devil. We got more doors to knock, more people to invite to church. So God is going to do it through the power of the Holy Ghost. What do you think in Acts 1-8, but you shall receive power after that? 
You don't get the power before the Holy Ghost comes upon you. You get it when you get in a prayer closet somewhere, in an altar somewhere, and you pray through till now I'm to the place where I say, yes, Lord, whatever you ask, I will do. Wherever you're sending me to whatever house, to whatever situation at work or at home or, or, or wherever, Lord, I'm here to become that yielded vessel. My pastor passed away this week, the man that won me to the Lord and that I come up under, and we're going to that funeral, and it's got some dynamics that you wouldn't believe. <laughs> but we're excited about it. We're praying about it because there's a fair number of people that have fallen away from God. And I believe what God's going to do is try to use us to reconnect them in their relationship with God. See, God's got a purpose in everything that he does. How shall this be? Well, the Holy Ghost is going to come upon you, and I'm going to put them in your path. My former pastor's wife texts my wife concerning the loss of her first husband and uh, made this statement, I can't believe you would even talk to me. Of course, we're going. Why wouldn't we? <laughs> There's no bad blood. There's no, nothing ever happened. Why, why would, see where the enemy works? He wants to make you think, well, nobody will talk to me. Nobody cares about me. No, I, I'm praying for restoration. I'm praying, God, you, you could send 100 people. But that call come to our house. That connection come to our house. So this is what you're asking me to do. And I'm going to try to meet with a number of people that have connected to us that live within 20 miles of that area and just see what the Lord would do and, and try to get people reconnected. I believe what we do in this last days, we've got to do in a hurry. I believe God is wanting to wrap this thing up and see as many come to him and the backsliders come back and get where they need to get. So it's important. So verse 37, nothing shall be impossible to you. Can we go to Mark chapter 9, verse 20? Two uh, through 24, Brother Jerry, and uh, nothing shall be impossible unto you. I want to show you a couple incidents here where this is used. Believe it or not, I'm going to give you this verse and then Mark chapter 10. These are the two verses that God put on my heart for a year before I came here to start the church in Union Gap. Couldn't figure it out. I mean, for about a year, this thing rolling over and over. But the Lord hadn't spoke to me that we would be resigning and moving here. He hadn't spoke to me at that time. But when the Lord spoke to me, it dawned on me, that's what you were preparing me for. Can I encourage somebody that God is preparing you? He's not just dropping this thing on you. He's been working in your life all along, whether it's weeks, days, months, or whatever, to get you to this place that you could be the vessel that he flows through and uses that he would be glorified. That is the reason. And oftentimes dealing with the man with the demonic son, he takes him to Jesus and uh, the 12 couldn't cast out the spirit. And so he's having this conversation with Jesus. And oftentimes it cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said unto him, if thou canst believe. That word if means on the condition. On the condition you can muster some faith. 
on the condition that you can believe I would do this. What I'm wanting in your life, can you believe it? Can you receive it? Elder Hart talked about there being impartation this morning. Could you receive that? That God's trying to impart something into your spirit? See what I'm talking about? But the first thing is you got to believe it. If you would be here this morning, I don't think anybody is, but if you were here this morning and said, ah, nah, nah, nah. you're not going to get anything from God. Because the first thing is i got to have faith. i got to believe. Okay, God, you're speaking to me through the elder. Now, I don't know about you. I'd want to be first in line. Amen. If God's going to impart some things, Brother Lewis, I don't want at the end. <laughs> Not that God would run out of energy. Not that God would run out of blessings or anything like that. But I just wouldn't want to be on the end. I'd say, let's get to the front of the line. God, if you're going to pour it out, it might as well be on me today. If you're going to do something great, it might as well be me. If you're going to heal somebody today, it might as well be me. If you're going to fill somebody with the Holy Ghost, it might as well be me. You're going to renew somebody, might as well be me. Because I believe your word is true. If thou canst believe all things are possible unto him that believe. All things, all things are possible. You've got to believe. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said unto and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. You may have to cry out today and say, God, help me. I'm struggling with it, but, but I need your help, and I'm going to overcome this. And, and I'm going to be that yielded vessel to you, God. I, I'm going to be what you want, but would you help me? Help me. Okay, let's go now to Mark chapter 10, uh, verse 26 and 27. The Lord speaking here, dealing. This is a parable of the rich young ruler. And dealing with the disciples, uh, and this is where this conversation comes. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, with men it is impossible, but not with God. For with God all things are possible. See, I'm not looking into human talent and ability. God, you can save anybody from the uttermost to the guttermost. God, it really doesn't matter to you, God. You're, you're in the saving business. You don't look at names. You don't look at, at, at personalities. You don't look at where they live and what neighborhood they come out of. You just look on the heart that you created, the soul and the spirit, and you want them to be saved. God's not willing that any should perish. He doesn't want anybody to be lost. Notice how he wraps this up in verse 38. And Mary said, Behold the handmaiden of the Lord. Be it unto me. Be it unto me according to thy word. If God is dealing with you today, could you say that? Be it unto me. According to your word. What you're speaking to me. What you're telling me. We've already bound the spirit of fear. We've understand I got to believe this. I gotta, he's going to do it for me. He's not talking about you. He's talking about me. He's wanting to do this for me. Notice it wasn't. It wasn't according to her marital status. 
See, you can argue with God over all kinds of stuff. How can this be? I'm not even married. You don't think God knew that? Lord, do you understand I live in Nazareth? A city they won't even mention in the Old Testament. When the Lord called me to Yakima and I was so excited and I'm telling people about it, you know what they told me? You don't want to go there. I even had family said, oh, no, no, man, that's Crackamaw. You, know? <laughs> you don't want to go there. There's gangs and there's all kinds of stuff. Too late. <laughs> Notice how God didn't inform me of all this before I got here. <laughs> he revealed that later. He's not going to show you everything up front. But if you would have some faith this morning. And you could say, Lord, be it according to your word. He's not the only one. Peter fished all night. The Lord borrowed the boat. And after he got done ministering, he got out of the boat. And he tells Peter, you know, go ahead and launch out into the deep. Let down your nets. I mean, multiple nets. He's arguing with the Lord. Lord, we've tarried all night long. You're a preacher. You don't know nothing about fishing. I mean, I, I fish for a living. You, who do you? None of us would ever do that, I know. But I like what he said, nevertheless, at your word. Get in the boat, boys. We're going back out. At your word. And they only let one net down because of some unbelief. You ever wonder what happened if both of them went down? even though it sunk that boat and they had to bring other boats for the harvest, can you imagine what would have happened if you disobey God? Let me ask you, are you willing to do whatever God asks you to do and follow all the way through today? Be it according to your word. Can we just begin to worship him right now? Just, I, I just, come on, God, I, I want you to pray because I know that the Lord is working. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the Lord is with you. Come on, the Lord is with you. He's not asking you to do this by yourself. He's with you. He's taking you by the hand. He's here to lead and guide you this morning by his spirit. Whatever he's asking you to do this morning, could you have faith enough to believe him? And could you respond to God this morning and say, Lord, according to your word, I will step out in faith. God, according to your word, I will forgive. God, according to your word, I'm going to pray back through. According to your word, I'm going to receive the Holy Ghost. Come on, according to your word, I'm going in the waters of baptism. Oh, God, help me today. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, I want to open this altar that your response would be to the Lord. Your response is not to me this morning. This is a conversation that God has been having with you. It's a place where God is trying to take you in the Holy Ghost. That if you would allow him to, that amazing things would begin to happen. 
Come on, God said he would impart some things today. Come on, you might as well be the one that God's going to impart a blessing to. God is going to impart direction to. God's going to impart a gift to this morning. In the name of Jesus. God, I'm believing you today, God. I'm believing you today, God. Hallelujah. Lord, I yield to you. Come on. Come on. I'm surrendering to God. I'm going to have faith and obedience. I'm going to believe God. Hallelujah. Come on, there's others here in this room this morning. The word of the Lord as it's come forth, it's quickened things in your spirit that you're like, if I just had faith, I would. In the name of Jesus, there's been, a, there's been faith spoken here. You have to respond to faith. You have to respond to faith. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, the older we get, we think the more we know, so it's harder to push through in faith. We've got a lot of past experiences we hold on to that says this is why it can't happen. This is why it won't happen. The Lord is reaching to us saying, would you respond in faith, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Come on, for some of you, as you're yielding and responding in faith, there are things being birthed in the Spirit. There are things being birthed in the Spirit. What's happening? The Word is mixing with faith in your heart. And when the Word mixes with faith in your heart, it accomplishes what He sent it to do. You got to let the Word mix with faith. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, this is that time of impartation. It's been flowing in the Word. But the Lord is desiring to release some things into your spirit. To release something, there's a birthing of the spirit as you respond in faith. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Come on, would you humble yourself and respond to him? Would you be willing to humble yourself and respond to him? Come on, the adversary would say to some of you, oh, I know I've tried to respond before and it didn't work. The Holy Ghost would say it will be different if you'll respond in faith. It'll be different than before. I'll yield in faith, Lord. It'll be different than before.
I know it's been said many times, but this just keeps recurring in my spirit. For some of you, what you need starts in a place of forgiveness. For some of you, what you need starts in a place of forgiveness. the Spirit of God to reach into some hurting places. Allow the Spirit of God to reach in. In Jesus' name, those places you've protected, those places you've sheltered, would you allow the Spirit of God to reach in? He's not going to reach in to hurt. He's going to reach in to heal, to heal. see shattered but you see whole I see broken but you see beautiful and you're helping me to believe that you're restoring me peace by peace there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You wash me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You wash me in mercy. I am clean. What was dead now lives again. My heart's beating, 
beating inside of my chest. Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Oh, because you're restoring me piece by piece. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. Wash me in mercy, I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy, I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified, I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified, I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You wash me in mercy, I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy i am clean I see shattered, but you see whole. I see broken, but you see beautiful. And you're helping me to believe that you're restoring me piece by piece there's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy you washed me in mercy i am clean there's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy Washed me in mercy. Oh, I am clean. Washed in the blood of your sacrifice, your blood flowed red and made me white. My dirty rags are purified. I am clean. <laughs> 
washed in the blood of your sacrifice. Your blood flowed red and made me white, and my dirty rags are purified. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can't make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. We're continuing to pray and feel after the Lord. There are gifts of the Spirit operating here this morning. Come on, there are gifts of Spirit operating through the body the way the Lord intended here today. This is His plan, that He would operate and minister through the body. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. On the Spirit of the Lord, you've opened, many of you have opened your heart. And so the Spirit of the Lord is reaching into some deep things in your life that haven't been touched for years for some of you. And the Spirit of God is reaching in there to heal. He's reaching in there to heal and to give liberty in those areas. So for some, that's a little painful because those things are coming back to the surface. But it's God healing. It's God delivering. It's God pour. Now he's going to pour in some oil. This is what he would do. He would first clean out the wound, then he would pour in the oil. I'm telling you, in the Holy Ghost, there is something coming right now. The Lord is getting ready to pour in oil. Why don't you just receive? If you're willing to receive, let him pour in. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What was dead now, it lives again. My heart's beating, beating inside my chest. 
Oh, I'm coming alive with joy and destiny. Because you're restoring me piece by piece. There's nothing too dirty that you can make worthy. You washed me in mercy. I am clean. There's nothing too dirty that he can make worthy. He's washed you in mercy. You are clean. What would happen if we just began to walk in obedience? What would happen if we just began to walk in obedience to him and his word? It's interesting about our human nature. We will wrestle with and struggle with and question things that the Lord speaks to us. But the adversary can plant one stupid thought and we'll run with it all day long and believe it. The adversary can plant a thought that says, you've made too many mistakes, you're not worth anything. And we'll entertain it, we'll believe it, we'll believe the lie, we'll feed on it, we'll say it must be true, we'll, we'll just let it, we'll just keep on entertaining it. And God, God, again and again and again in His Word, will declare, Thou art fearfully and wonderfully made. Before I formed you from your mother's womb, I knew you. I know the plans I have for you to bring you to an expected end, an end of peace. I, and all these promises of God. And I'll struggle. Well, that can't be for me. It must be not me. I, I've made, and we'll, we'll, we'll battle believing the word of God, but we'll latch on to every negative lie of the adversary. It's time we say, hold on a minute. I believe the word of God. The word of God is true. Satan, you are a liar. Get behind me. God has put you under my feet. I choose to believe the word of God.
I choose to stand on the word of God because I know it's true. So what we've heard today at thy word. How? I don't know, Brother John Stone, but at thy word. I look across this room and I see many of you, I see years, different years. Some of you I've known a, a month or two. Some of you I've known for years. And I see prophetic things in different lives where the Lord has spoken things or showed things or you've gotten a word from the Lord. In some situations, we've been in conversations and I know the Lord has spoken things. Not me, Him. And we haven't seen them yet. I'm going to lay hold on His word. I'm going to say, it's your word. I have a word from the Lord. Joseph had a dream. Joseph had a dream. He had a dream. Thirteen years and nothing looked like it was going to fulfill the dream. But God had a plan. He maintained his integrity in his relationship with God. I... I want to do something here. I've waited on this, but I now's as good a time as any. We ministered on Joseph a couple of weeks ago. I sent out the message following the very same day that we ministered here on Joseph. Bishop used almost the exact same scriptures and ministered in Puyallup. I sent that out. Uh, I if you've been around any length of time, you know we don't compare notes or plan stuff. It's the voice of the Spirit of God that's trying to say something to us. And when I, when I heard him minister, I went back and listened again. I'm like, okay, God, I want to get everything you're doing here. I want to hear everything you're saying. Last night, I listened to some ministry where my son is in California right now. And it was from Friday morning, but he ministered about Joseph. I sent it to Bishop last night. I knew he'd be in bed already because it was a little bit later, but... He got up this morning and listened to it, and he sent me a message about it and said, I want to send this to all the congregations. I said, that's what I wanted to do, but I want to make sure you heard it first before I... And so you got that today in your... If you're on WhatsApp, you got that message sent to you. And it took things that the Lord said through Bishop, took things that were said here a couple of weeks ago, and just went even further using the same scriptures from Joseph's life. The Spirit of the Lord is doing something. And he keeps pointing us back to Joseph's life to help us recognize some things just come in time. Now, here's what's interesting to me. Joseph was 17. If you're not sure about that, ask Brother Samuel Martinez. He knows. He can take you to the Scripture and show you. I love that. I love that. Brother Johnstone shared today, Mary was 13 to 16, somewhere right in there, probably on the younger end rather than the older. What was it? See, there's this element that when we're older, I didn't say old, just older. When we're older, we oftentimes have to cut through all the noise of past experience. Right? Right? I'm 51, and so because I've lived 51 years, I can get jaded in areas of my life. I can become calloused in some areas. I, and so I may not readily have faith. This is why Jesus said we need a childlike faith. Right? 
You tell a child something, they're like, okay. Right? He wants us to have that with him. And so oftentimes when we're younger, he's able to do these things. You understand David was but a boy when he slew Goliath. There's something that happens that God, God will reach for a child at a young age. Parents, are you listening? What you're teaching in your home, what you're exampling in your home, what you're showing in your home matters. You can let God start putting things in the heart of your children, or you can start putting in them a desire and a love of things of the world. You're choosing. All the stuff you're giving them, all the things you're showing them everywhere, you're taking them. You're either teaching them a love of God and putting things of God in them, or you're teaching them desire and love and long after the things of this world. Nothing wrong with getting them things, but make sure the priorities are right. Now, I know we got 4 to 11 downstairs. There is zero pressure here. But I'm asking you, if you're 12 to 25, 12 to 25, a young person in that age, and you're saying, God, here I am. I'm willing. I'm willing. I know you're not waiting until I'm 40 or 50. God, here I am. See, here's the thing. In your youth, in your youth, you have energy, zeal, and passion. In your youth, you have some freedoms and liberties that begin to get taken away. The more you get, as life goes on, because we give into this world system oftentimes, and just life, responsibilities, and burdens. In your youth, you don't have as many of those. And so if you'll commit yourself to him and his work and his kingdom now. There won't be all this undoing. That some wrestle with. Does that make sense? So again, no pressure. But if you're between the eight, you're here in 12 to 25. And you're saying, God, you're willing to say, God, here I am. I'm asking you to come. We're going to pray together with you. Again, if you're willing to say, Lord, here I am. Come on, just make room. Here I am, Lord. I'm willing. I want you to look at this response in faith. Maybe you ladies can slide this way just a little more. Give a little more room over Keep sliding. This side seems to be. There you go. Beautiful. Beautiful. Look at this. Look at this. You know what I see right here? I see this. I see like an army. I see an army. Young people that have energy, zeal, and strength. You understand this isn't disqualifying those of you that aren't up here. I'm not disqualifying myself. <laughs> And I'm not disqualifying you. But there's difference of roles. I grew up in the military. My father was in the military. It never ceases to amaze me that the world wars were fought by 17 to 20-year-olds. Study history. World wars were fought by 17 to 20-year-olds. You mean there were nobody older? Yeah, they were older. You know what? They, they had experience. And so they weren't always on the front line. You say, oh, they were cowards. No, 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 no. They'd been there. But their roles changed. 
And so you needed every generation. One was now strategizing. One was seeing. One was giving instruction. One, right? And so there's different roles. But this is a group that says, I have energy and Lord, here I am. Send me. I'll go. I'll do. And the Lord will equip. The Lord will equip. The rest of you here, would you stand with me? Amen. Brother and Sister Johnstone, I'd like you, if you would, please, to come and help us pray. Amen. Brother Lewis, Sister Julie, I'd like you helping us pray, please. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Would you just come around in front of these here? Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Now, young people, by standing here, you are saying, Lord, here I am. We're a little outnumbered, ladies to men. Right? Only fitting tells us we're near the end times. Because of Scripture, seven women will cling to the skirt of one man to be called by his name. So this so, so you know ladies are going to out that's in the word ladies are going to outnumber the men amen I'd like my wife and sister Priscilla to come over here and help pray with these ladies please in Jesus name I'm just waiting here because I'm to get ahead of the Lord. Jesus name. Jesus name. Jesus name. Praise God. If you're a parent here and you have a child up here I would like you to come and stand behind them. But I'm going to ask you something very difficult. I'm going to ask you not to lay hands on them. I can't explain that right now. I'm just, okay. Or grandparent. Now, mom, dad, grandparent, by standing here, you are, I guess I should have told you this before I asked you to come, but you're here now. You're committed. By standing here, you're saying, God, I release them to you and I trust you with them. And if you'll enable me, God, I'll do everything that you enable me to do to influence their lives for your kingdom and your purpose. All right? Hear me. It's too late to just have the 30 to 40-somethings or the 30 to 50-somethings or the 30 to 60-somethings working. We need everybody working in the field. 
I don't see a young person up here that I don't believe could teach a Bible study. Every young person I see here can lay hands on the sick and they recover. Because you're a believer. And this is the word of the Lord. All right, so we're going to pray. And as these that are here begin to pray for you, I believe God is going to impart things spiritually. And so now you just have to purpose, God, here I am. And if you tell me to do something, you direct me in a way, I'm going to obey. I'm going to obey. I'm going to stay submitted to spiritual counsel. I'm going to continue to honor my father and mother. I'm going to be obedient to that authority that you put in my life. But I'm obedient to your word. I'm going to follow after you with my whole heart, God, if you'll enable. All right, let's begin to pray. Could we do that right now? Young people, you're saying, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Use me. Here I am. No more excuses, God. I'm not waiting for something. I'm availing myself. Here I am. Here I am, Lord. Pray in faith. There is an anointing on some of these young people. There is an anointing resting on their lives. There is calling represented across this room. There is calling here. We're saying, Lord, enable them. Impart into them. We release them in Jesus' name. Workers together for the cause of Christ and the will of God. moms, dads, grandparents, you can lay hands on them now and begin to release. Feel free. Begin if you want. If you'd like to, begin to pray with your child. Begin to sit your hands there. There's something you have to give as a parent. There's something you have to give. Come on, pray in faith. Don't pray in hope. Pray in faith. Speak in faith.
Come on, it's time for every one of us, not just the young people, but every one of us to recognize this is the hour of the church. This is the hour of the church. And we must walk in the power of His Spirit. He equips us and sends us. Equips us and sends us. So there is an equipping of the Spirit today. We're believing the Lord to use. Come on, we release these young people to operate in the power of His Spirit. We release these young people to walk in ministry and calling. Yes, there will be training. Yes, there will be instruction. But we release them for the Spirit of the Lord to work through them. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Moms and dads, there's some dreams you have that the Lord's going to fulfill, but he's going to fulfill it through the ministry of your children as you enable and release them.
Hallelujah, hallelujah. Come on, the Lord's filling this young lady with the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. In the name Jesus' name. When my family and I moved to the Lower Valley, uh, man, I lose track of time. Huh? Oh, five, almost 17 years ago. Nobody told me what we were getting into either, Brother Jones. And we bought a house out in Hera. My children were, at the time, I guess since it was 05, they would have been 5, 10, and 7 or 8, right in that age. And... They had always, when we lived in Puyallup, for the 10 years we lived in Puyallup, 
they had always went to, we had a, a private school at the church. And they'd always gone to school there. So we moved over here. And Ethan would have been in kindergarten, going into kindergarten. Autumn would have been in whatever grade she would have been in, being a couple of years older. And Joe would have been in another grade, depending on what he would have been in. So I want to say probably, I want to say probably kindergarten third or kindergarten second and fourth or third and sixth. Something. They were all, at, the point is, <laughs> where you guys, before I lose you, the point is all three of them would be going to an elementary school. And so I thought, okay, I've prayed about it. I know the adversary wants to take our children. The God of this world wants to entice and draw away and take our children. It's a pattern of Satan, you understand. It's why he had Pharaoh kill all the Hebrew children to and under. He knew. God See, there was this word spoken back in the beginning. The seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. And throughout, so throughout time, there's this spirit of the adversary that says, I know that promise, but I don't know where it's coming from. And so I'll seek to destroy children. I'll just destroy seed. So, of course, when Christ was born, Herod, that same spirit, same spirit, Herod said, kill every boy two and under. The spirit destroying the seed. Oh, it's not change. We see it in North America through abortion. Destroy the child before it's born. Destroy the child before it's born. Let's destroy the seed. What it, it's a spirit of the adversary that rises up against the promise of God. Now, you say, well, yeah, but Christ has already come. <laughs> we are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. And the scripture says he has put all things under his, the body's feet. You understand, we're still intended to keep bruising the head of the serpent. Now, so I know these things about the world. And I have to make a decision for my three children at these tender ages. And if you're a parent, you know what I'm talking about. And I had to put them in that school. I made the decision to put all three of them in that school in Hera. Boy, if I'd have known what I was putting them into, I probably would have never done that either. It was crazy. There were some crazy kids. I learned my son was usually not eating lunch because he was living in fear of other kids. You know, they all saw these new kids. But I prayed and prayed about this. Fear was trying to get into my heart about my children. If there's one thing I've determined, I will not operate from a place of fear. I will not live my life from a basis of fear. Fear is a terrible motivator, and fear will cause you to make decisions that are not in alignment with the Word of God. They will be in alignment with self-preservation. 
and you'll never have joy or peace. You may have moments, but I'm, like, I'm not living in fear. So I went to the Lord about this. I went to the Lord about this. And I'd pray, God, cover my children. Put a hedge about my children. Put your arm over it. I've prayed anything and everything on them, around them, about them. Over, yeah, I mean, over, under, around, front, back, left, right. Angels said, oh, I mean, I had them covered. <laughs> Problem is, I was praying from a place of fear. I wasn't praying from a place of faith. You listening, parents? I wasn't praying from a place of faith. I was praying from a place of fear. And if the Lord would honor my prayer from a place of fear, fear could become a terrible motivator for my prayer life. But if I could pray from a place of faith, faith's a tremendous motivator for a prayer life. So I'm there praying from fear one day. You were afraid I was getting ready to fall on you, weren't you? I was praying from this place of fear one day, and the Lord in His love spoke to me. And this is what he said. You can't put enough around them to protect them. That was not what I wanted to hear. But that's what he told me. And when he said that, I broke. And I said, God, what am I supposed to do then? He said, if you'll put in them the things you're supposed to put in them, it doesn't matter what's around them. I began to pray in faith. And I began to seek to put the word in my children. I began to put a love for God in my children. I tried, and I missed it more than I got it right, but I sought to... Seek, pray with them, then pray with me, then learn what it is to touch God and have relation. I just sought to put in them. And I, I missed the mark more than I hit it, but I just, I just, what was I doing? I was praying and acting in faith. God, you said if I'd put in them. And, and should that surprise me because the word says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. I'm speak, I, I know right where I am in the Holy Ghost and why I told that story. There's some of you moms, dads. You operate with your children from a place of fear. I, I'm not berating you. I hope you understand that. I, I relate. I relate. You got to let the Lord help us. Dad, you can't keep these beautiful girls close enough and cover them enough and always beside you and your eye on them every minute of every day so that nothing will happen to them. Can't do it. I know what it feels like as a dad. Put my girl on a plane to India. Yeah. Where she was supposed to go, they changed the location because of terrorist attack, and so they put her in a different city. That gave me peace. At least she's not going where the terrorist attack was. Either God's in them. Parents, hear me. 
If you keep operating from a place of fear, your children will operate from a place of fear. And I hear some of you, yeah, but no. Faith. Faith. Would you pray with me one more time before we go? Faith. God. And it's okay to say, God, you got to help me operate from a place of faith. Faith that you have your hand on my children. Faith that you'll use them for your glory. Faith that you know the way that they take. Faith that no evil will come nigh their dwelling. Faith that whatever comes in their life, God, you're in control. You're going to keep them. You're going to cover them. You're going to be in them. You're going to flow through them. Faith, God. In the name of Jesus, I pray an anointing upon the minds of these parents to begin to pray in faith. Where the adversary would try to hold them in fear, I command it be broken today in the name of Jesus Christ. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Praise God. Now, young people, don't you turn on your parents and say, quit being overprotective. That's the heart of a mom and dad, too. All right. Praise God. Thank you, Elder Johnson, for the word of God today. Thank you, church family, for your open heart, for the ministry among the body. I am so thankful that you all do not operate in a manner that expects the elder and one or two others to be the only one to pray for people and with people. Thank you. This is God's design that there would be ministry in the body. This is why he puts gifts in the body to edify the body, the scripture says. We operate under authority in his structure. But you don't need me to lay hands on you for God to do a work in you. There's something he'll do when somebody else does. They, the ministry, the gift of God given them. I'm so thankful that you all operate in that. This is needful in the body of Christ. Amen. Praise God. The Lord bless you. Again, if you're a guest, thank you for being here. Stop being a guest and just keep coming. Great things that happen in your life. Amen. Greet someone today. In Jesus' name, you're dismissed.